Before we begin today's episode, we have our patrons over at Patreon. They are Aperba, Nate Hansen of Hansen Screen Printing, Andy Herbrandt, Lauren L., Paul Campaneshi, Kelby Goodman, Greg Wallen, Zach Duran, Daniel and Cara Lighting, and our newest Patreons, Robert and Lisa Herring. Thank you guys so much for supporting our podcast. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. Uh, hello and welcome to another episode of the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose of the Dairy State. We are your hosts as always. I'm Eric. And I'm Russ. And today we are discussing the styling, profiling, limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing, son of a gun. Let's spike this motherfucker. Woo! Rick Flair, the nature boy. How do you like that? Yeah, it sounded great. Yeah. I think I spiked it, too. Oh, I, you ruined everybody's car speakers. The kids are screaming. Yeah, their their fucking ears are blown completely yeah, to hell. Yeah, hell yeah. So, that's good. Um, we also have <laughs> great Wisconsin music uh, from a band called Spooner. Which, may have heard uh, of them. May, may have back heard in them. the day, you know. Uh, yeah, had some hot tracks. Yeah, so this is... Uh, Butch Vig's little old project uh, from back in the old Madison days there. Of course, we have another beer review for you. And uh, yet again, another infamous tale of wilding out how many locos you have. Um, please like and subscribe, follow or leave a review or whatever you want to do. Fucking. I didn't know how many uh, reviews we had on um, Spotify. It was like 48. Don't. I was like, man, that's pretty crazy for us, you know? That's pretty good. Yeah, for the small time. I'll accept and, it. Small time and low budgeting <laughs> podcast. No money making. Beer drinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, if you do wish to become some sort of a sponsor of the show, uh, please check out our Patreon. You can simply do that by following our website, WisconsinDrunkenHistory.com. Uh, all the links are there. Um, I try to post the the, the episodes when Doesn't I can on happen. there. I mean, like we but, we've taken a week off here. We've had a lot of stuff yeah. going on. But I think both of us. It was nice to get up north, going yeah. through some things. You know, don't want to talk about all of it online, but you know, I'm going yeah. through a few thi- things. This uh, just if any of the ladies listening, this man's single now, dude. Oh, jeez. No, <laughs> I had to throw her out <laughs> He's there. Hitting it up. No, I'm just I'm just joking. Using I'm not our podcast as a Tinder. Yeah, yeah. It's like platform. It's, it's the Spotify version of Tinder, I guess, bud. It's great. E. <laughs> but it's true. So, yeah, it is true. But no, um, just with that, that being said, you know, uh if if you wish to hit up Russ, yes. do so. Put it on the DMs, but yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have Instagram, but he, <laughs> I am so I'm so outdated. I'm glad you take care of half the stuff for us. I am so outdated. He, you can't actually 
uh, sneak into his DMs uh, because he doesn't have any uh, unless you're <laughs> hitting him up on Facebook. So. I'm such an old timer, dude. I went for like, I remember the transition from MySpace. Someone's like, dude, that's so old, dude. Like you need to get a Facebook. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll finally do it. You know, yeah. that was, that was a hard transition for me, man. Yeah. And that was only a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so what's, so Instagram, like I, and I've, I talked to people about this. So Instagram is like, you just take like photos of yourself and like get likes on them or what, what is Not it? photos of yourself. I mean, they can be photos of anything. Okay, so like you don't have to be like an influencer. You can just like take photos like yeah. cows and stuff and be like, oh, check out this dude. Yeah. And that's cool? Yeah. Oh, damn, maybe I'll have to get that. I it's mean, just photos, right? It's like photo story type thing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you got, uh, you know, the the main gallery of your stuff, you know, your library of pictures that you've posted. Um, videos, you can add music to each thing if okay. you want. Uh, and then, yeah, they do have like the stories version of things too. Kind of oh, okay. like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like Snapchat. Sorry guys. I'm i uh, I'm getting a quick update here. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Instagram's been around since like, you know, 2007 or something. So and I might get an OnlyFans, just... but, uh, no one's going to subscribe to that. No <laughs> one wants to see me in that man thong, baby. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Just don't put the price too high. Yeah. The little, that little Caucasian package, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Showing might, it off, dude. You might get a few subscribers. You think there's someone that has that kind of white boy fetish, you know, we're I talking about? I feel like there's <laughs> at least uh, a handful of people listening to this podcast that if they could find you on there, they would probably subscribe and, I, and probably just for support. I'm, I'm not sure that they would actually watch your videos, um, but they <laughs> just, would at least just give just you five Just feeling bucks. bad. Just yeah. feeling bad. Like, I will subscribe, yeah. dude. A little pity five buck here, you know, there's something like that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just oh, to help God. you out, you know. Oh, I'm not going to actually watch you do whatever you do on your on your uh, OnlyFans, but, you know. Yeah, I don't think anyone wants I'll to see least, what I do. I'll provide you. <laughs> I don't with, even know. I'll provide you with a small uh, financial. I, I thought that was the cool video, like, and I'm, I like don't even like watch TikToks or anything, but I thought that video of us like dancing and stuff was pretty awesome. Oh, that they posted on uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. Road I thought that was pretty rad, actually. Like, I mean, I was juiced. I, I know you didn't. Like, you were ready. Like, yeah. and you kept it professional. I was just dancing it up, dude. Yeah, I try to. I try to. You know. You prof- I, you're professional though. And I, you can you can do that kind of stuff because you have the experience. <laughs> I have a little bit of experience. My heart was fucking race until I had a couple drinks in my system. Yeah, like, and, I, and then I felt fine. I was good once I was doing it. It was like over. It's you know? it's it's all easy if you just. <laughs> I mean, there was like four thousand people listening to me. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like that's what made me nervous. Yeah, there were thousands of people at this event. Uh, for those of you listening right now uh, to this show. Uh, what we're referring to is uh, the Milwaukee River Keeper event that was held just a couple weeks ago. Um, it was part of Harbor Fest and Sturgeon Fest and the Milwaukee River Keeper Boat Parade. Um, and and yours truly uh, here at the podcast, we were the hosts. Uh, yeah, it was cool and, announcing and announcing the uh, the different floats that were in the parade and. Um, trying to keep the crowd amped and, and ready to rock and roll. And uh, it was fun. And they did post this little clip uh, uh, where it starts with uh, a shot of Russ and I kind of you know, jamming out to the, uh, the funk club wagon, which was uh, one of the that bands awesome, there on the actually. boat. That was cool. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I was, I, it's one of those memories I'll never forget, but it was just insane for that many people. Like I Absolutely. didn't realize how many people were going to be when we got there. We're like, it was a wild this time. This is going to be an insane crowd, man. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, I mean, most of the area down there by the Komatsu uh, building uh, in the Harbor District there was full. Uh, there was like two or three other remote parking lots that were absolutely full. And then down there uh, it, by the Harbor, there's 
the uh, University of Wisconsin Milwaukee like water program like yeah, yeah. The, the people that take care of water stuff or fish and natural life and water you know that kind of stuff um all that area was just packed and there were crazy. street vendors uh, of, of all sorts and types uh, there was i mean uh, amazing food available um the brewery that was down there was, was the co-op. Uh, yeah, uh, New Barons. New Barons yeah, uh, Brewery so that, co-op. That was awesome. I, they kind of they helped me out get loosey goosey before I went up there because I was I was pretty they handed nervous. Handed you some sort of a shot of something. Yeah, too. it was what like the Car- fuck was it? I don't know. If it was like it was Car- like bitters. It was Carlsberg bitters or something like that. Yeah. But holy smokes, that like got me ready. And then I was dancing it up. And then we got the re- they released that fish right in front of us. That sturgeon, the mm-hmm. other sturgeon. Yeah, the uh, there was a. It was cool. Um, a really awesome like Indian chief who was there to actually bless the release of the sturgeon into the Milwaukee River. Um, it was really cool. It, it was, was a really it was a cool event. And and honestly, I think the part that made me the most excited was actually being down on the kayak launch with uh, everybody for the release of the sturgeon. There was only a handful of us able to to actually go down there. Um, news cameras were down there, you and me, and then it was, it was there was fun. like. Only two other people. There was only a handful of people, maybe six people on the actual kayak launch when they pulled the sturgeon out of the, the you know, the little uh, basket that he had been kept in and then actually released him into the river. It was awesome. But yeah, I had a lot of fun once I was loosey goosey. I had, I had a great yeah. time. And I think I think the jokes went over pretty well. I mean, some of them were a little risky, you know, like, sure. But, but I think they went over all right. But they were only risky to a point. Yeah, they uh, weren't. I, I kind of had a filter out. You, right. you even told me, like, just filter it down a little bit. You know, there's right. kids out here. So I definitely kept the jokes to a minimum. <laughs> it's honestly more so just about, uh, you know, consider your audience and just consider the state of the world right now. Uh, yeah. what and you put out there is, is, you know, that's the toughest thing. Like even doing like just small little, like open mic stand up. It's like, you gotta be really careful what you're talking about. Today. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause you can definitely get canceled in two seconds if you say the yeah. wrong thing. Yeah. You gotta always so. consider that audience and, and just know that there could be somebody out there that's offended by, you know, by something that, that you might say. And, and even though you might not think it's as, you know, uh, serious or, or anything like that. It could still be taken the wrong way or, you know, it, it could offend somebody. So the best case scenario for us, uh, especially on that kind of stage, was to um, try to keep to the script, talk about the boats and then throw in a, a little quip every once in a while that, you know, isn't uh, a hot button topic. Yeah, you know. for sure. Like, <laughs> what was the one I was talking about? The DVDs like, oh, I see a lot of Mel Gibson up there. I was like, oh, man, I don't yeah. like I, it was kind of risky, but like, well, I still it was it. Uh, I still said it. It was it was a, a float called Trash Transformation. And trash transformation was basically um, a, a one year's worth of, of collecting and, and uh, keeping trash um, by this one individual. Uh, and she was able to then use it for, uh, uh, I think this was actually the third float it was a part of. So they were able to reuse and recycle this uh, this trash in a way uh, that was artistic and stuff for about three different events. And on the side of the boat, they had a, an array of um, uh, of CDs or DVDs <laughs> yeah, that made yeah. it look like fish scales. And Rush, Rush uh, uh, threw out there that uh, there's probably you know a few Mel Gibson DVDs, you Which know, like is probably the case to be Die honest. Hard, like six or something. <laughs> yeah, or, die, the ones that actually, you know, he wasn't in Die Hard. He was he in, was lethal, in weapon. Um, lethal Weapon. Yeah, but you know what? The the first Lethal Weapon is pretty good, and then they just kept making them, and I just kind of got. Yeah. That's what I mean. I think, I think I we're think talking like Lethal two, Weapon Five. Might yeah, have been, yeah, the ones that came later on, maybe. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This yeah. can go in there. What women want. 
I think that that, that one was DVD in there was for in sure. There for that sure. was in there for sure. Um, yeah, some other Mel stuff. Uh, Passion of the Christ. There was probably at least like ten of those in there. Oh yeah, you know, you know those. The, the, He's an anti-Semitic. Yeah, you know, you know shit the bag. you know the Jewish crowd is whipping those motherfuckers yeah. in the river, dude, for sure. Yeah, so you know, definitely a cool joke. Now. He hasn't been in hot water for like 15 years, so it's. I think he's, he's been keeping his mouth topic. shut, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Like now, I think he realized like he just looks like he's a like, crazy douche. He's like, uh, I can't offend the people that actually pay to see my stuff. Uh, so <laughs> chill out. I should probably yeah, just I should probably chill back a bit, you know. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, head. We're gonna headbutt from the 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 freaking top rope here, flying headbutt. Oh yeah, style. dude, I got an elbow off the top rope yeah. going down. And Ric Flair for me, man, he was my hero. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. he was larger than life figure. I wanted to be like him. He always had hoes and badass oh, yeah. clothes on, dude. I was like, this guy's my damn hero, the, man. You know, the like the thousand uh, dollar uh, robes with just gems and and diamonds and his. Uh, his absolutely perfect hair just flowing oh, that that white gold beautiful baby. white gold <laughs> yeah that, that white gold baby. he was dripping man Ooh. yeah he with, was with he just was. sexiness and awesomeness oh yeah um and, and and i wanted to kind of start this thing off with a, a few quotes that uh that he's absolutely uh famous for uh so we'll go ahead and read some of these off here first one is to be the man you got to beat the man that's i like it that's pretty good, right? Yeah, dude. You just give my head button. You're top dog. Now, this one, this next one I used uh, uh, when I was uh, a manager at the last company I was uh, working at. Uh, Ric Flair was our was our mascot. We had a full life-size cutout of Ric Flair in our cubicle area. Uh, we had pictures of Ric Flair at everyone's desk. It was like a thing. You had to be into Ric Flair if you wanted to work, you know, in, in my group. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My fl- group was was you got to be rick flair you had to have that flair but not those buttons we're talking about the rick version yeah you oh, got to have like that it. that drip that drip and uh so this next one i i put on the on our whiteboard uh, uh and made sure it was up there for everybody to see it is if you don't like it learn to love it yeah cuz that's the case yeah. you know so uh next one we've got here is i'm every woman's dream and every man's nightmare that's cocky, but I kind of like yeah, it, to yeah. be honest. That's it's, it's cocky as shit. Yeah. This funny. next one is probably uh, the most cocky that you could possibly be. Arrogant, uh, uh, borderline. Diamonds are forever, and so is Ric Flair. It's true. I, I'll never forget him. Well, no. I, yeah, you're right. I'm, not, I'm <laughs> well, definitely no, not going to forget him. Yes. Yeah. I'll He's never absolutely, forget him. I mean, oh, yeah. And in that clip uh, that, that we had of the Milwaukee River thing, you can actually see I'm wearing a Ric Flair polo That shirt. thing was awesome. Yeah. I love Flair, man. I yeah, you can go to Ric Flair. I think it's just RicFlair.com or whatever, and he's got a full shop on there. And one of the things was a nice embroidered Adidas golf polo. And I was like, well, yeah, I don't think I, there's anything else I could possibly spend 80 bucks on. So why ever, not? Do you ever just go and look at his interviews and just listen to his stories? Like how wild they are? Like this guy lived an incredibly yeah. cool life. Like just, yep. I mean, yeah, he had some trouble with women. And stuff, but like, he's just my hero, man. Like just listen to those stories. Like, yeah. He's, wow. he's a He's a true American icon. Uh, just an absolute wrestling, uh, uh, you know, legendary, Le- legendary performances. Uh, you know, we'll talk a, f- a little bit about some of that here. Yeah, we're gonna find out. Up, but... We're gonna find out his connection to uh, our great state of Wisconsin here. Yeah, Eric, so that's a that's a great point. Uh, you know, you might be thinking to yourself, Ric Flair. I, you know, I, I don't remember hearing anything about him being from Wisconsin or you know whatever. But we'll dive right in here. 
So the story actually begins in Memphis, Tennessee. This would be 1949, uh, where Fred Phillips was born to parents that were uh, unfit or unable to raise a child. You know, they, they just weren't ready, I don't think, to to take on that kind of responsibility. So um, adopted as an infant by Kathleen Kinsmiller Fleer and Richard Reed Fleer, uh, he was actually renamed Richard Morgan Fleer at an early age. Uh, the Fleer family moved to Adena, Minnesota, uh, and this is where he actually began taking interest in uh, sports such as football, track, wrestling, all, all of that great business there. Um, a lot of good fun, you know, high school sports, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you're wondering by now, why in the world is this podcast talking about a guy from Memphis that moved to Minnesota and liked sports? Where are we going here, you know? Well, this is actually where we solve that problem. Richard Fleer attended Wayland Academy in Beaver Dam, Wisconsin, uh, for all of his high school years. So, um, he was a star athlete there for four years. Um, this is argue, arguably where, uh, Ric Flair was, was created. Ric Flair. Notice I'm, I'm now calling him Ric Flair and not Richard Fleer. Um, this is where kind of the persona begins. Uh, his passion for sports, his desire to become world famous and his disinterest in academics, uh, all kind of played a part here. Um, as a successful amateur wrestler in his teens, Rick briefly attended the University of Minnesota on a football scholarship, um, but uh, decided that he would rather train to become a professional wrestler. And he actually attended Vern Gagne's uh, first wrestling camp uh, with Greg Gagne, uh, Jumpin' Jim Brunzel, the Iron Sheik, and Ken Patera. Oh, wow. um, those are all at, at Vern Gagne's barn outside of Minneapolis in the winter of 71. So we've got a really young Ric Flair. Um, he was huge at this time, by the way. I can't like, believe Iron Sheik was there. Yeah. I mean, he became big, too. Huge. Huge. Yeah. The pointy toes, man. Remember yeah. his stupid shoes he would wear in the ring? Oh, yeah. Fucking great. Um, But, yeah, at, at this time, I mean, Ric Flair is like, he's already reached, like, his max height of, like, 6'1 or 6'2". He's, like, 300 pounds at this time. I mean, the guy was made to, like, play sports. Absolutely. Like, me, 100%. me there's no way I could have played football no. at a buck 20. You yeah. know what I mean? I would have just got wrecked. And my, my height never played uh, uh, well for me. I'm only about 5'8", five, 5'9", five, so, like, um, it didn't really, it, you know, it didn't convert to, you know, awesome athleticism. I was a great basketball player. Didn't do much with anything else. Uh, pretty okay at baseball and softball, but, like. I was, si- like, 6'2", a buck 20. I mean, yeah. I'm not six, I six foot buck. Yeah. Me. So it's just like, I couldn't, there's You're lost a, two inches. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm six <laughs> foot. I mean, now I'm like freaking 185 or something, but back then I just couldn't put on mass. I really yeah. couldn't. So I could never play, yeah, you know, you were a, a lanky kid. And like when we were in school, I mean, the kids were like corn fed farm kids, 300 yeah. pounds, just fucking beef. I was just going to say, you know what I mean? I mean? Like we, I would just got, crushed. you're competing against guys, you know, like from our high school at the time, you know, we had, um, some really big dudes. Oh yeah, you know Corn some some guys dudes, that man. went you know to um, uh, a couple of them went on to the NFL. They weren't drafted, but they they ended up playing in the NFL for a little bit. Um, that's big, man. Yeah, that's a big dude, dude. When you're just eating hot dish and freaking beef all day, man, yeah. and beef and potatoes, dude, you're gonna get beef. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and like you're bailing hay, you know, every every uh, every uh, uh, season and. You know, you're just, you're lifting shit just to put it down. I just couldn't gain muscle mass. So like I was in my twenties, to be honest, like I couldn't put on muscle or weight. 
I just couldn't. And now it's just beer weight, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely got a gut. I definitely rock a gut zito yeah, now. A little yeah. small gut zito. You got a forty pound fucking hamburger sitting in your belly, <laughs> made out of bush lights. Yeah, I got a know? latte, latte gut. Yeah, now, but exactly. It's not but too bad. I've been losing it a little bit now though, because I have been working out, but it's still there. Working out. I haven't been drinking as much. Well, to be honest, true. I mean, yeah. I, I still do for our pod, but like, I really don't drink much anymore. Right. So I like lost a lot of it. But yeah, definitely yeah. still got a little gutsy. And just you know, you walking around fixing shit. You go on hikes and stuff. So it's, yeah, it's yeah. you know, you're bound to lose some of that shit. But anyway, so then you know we've got uh, the the them practicing and, and training out in this barn in the winter of 1971, and on December 10th, 1972. He made his debut in Rice Lake, Wisconsin, oh, uh, cool. battling George Scrapiron Gadaski uh, to a 10-minute draw while adopting the ring name Ric Flair. Um, during this time in the American Wrestling Association, the AWA, uh, Flair had matches with like Dusty Rhodes, Chris Taylor, Andre the Giant, Larry Hennig, and uh, Wahoo McDaniel. I mean, some of these are pretty big names. They went on oh, to do I mean, a lot in like the WWF. Dusty and, Rhodes and Andre the Giant uh, and Larry Hennig. Uh, yeah, the, for sure. Even even uh, the, the the other Hennig uh, brothers and stuff. Um, you know, big big names in the wrestling world uh, throughout the '90s and into the 2000s a little bit. Um, actually, probably '80s, '90s, and into the 2000s. Yeah. So, you know, he, he's around. You know, pretty big company at this point. Um, after leaving the AWA. Uh, Rick joined the International Wrestling Enterprise and wrestled in Japan until finally landing in the Jim Crockett Promotions and the National Wrestling Alliance, or the NWA. Yeah. yeah. Not the rap group NWA. Yeah, he definitely wasn't representing Compton, no. I don't think. No. I mean, no. he had some flair and he had some sick jackets and stuff, but I don't think he was, I don't he think he was down. He could have. I think that I think they probably would have accepted him. And let's just say he's white. He's not an N-word he with an attitude. He's, he's pretty much like a... Um, uh, uh, He's like a pimp almost. Like his yeah, his yeah. whole dress and his persona and everything is kind of. He always like, had like hot ladies come out with him and stuff. Yeah. I remember on his arms and stuff. That's what I mean though. Is he's always got this big, over over you know, uh, uh, robe just over the top robe that's just bedazzled to hell. He's got you know uh, boots that that have his you know name on them. And I mean he is just he's just like a rhinestone cowboy. Yeah. Did you? So I got to ask before we continue on. Did you have the Ric Flair toy with the jacket? I mean, I had a, a million of them. Yeah, I had a couple of them, and one of them came with like a jack with the flare on it. Oh, nice! It was like had the gold on, or like the diamonds. I don't know if and I had anything like. that. Most it of mine so were cool. like rubber action figures okay. that were. And then I had the really one you know, old one from like the early '90s, where he's like shirtless and just in his underwear. Yeah, and like he could like I think he could pull his arm back and like snap forward like to do a punch. <laughs> yeah. If I remember right, I'm pretty sure that's the one I had. Yeah, yeah. He always had the 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 chop, the backhand, uh, like slap. Uh, that was like one of his big. Move. He would do like ten of those in a row, right to your fucking upper oh, just, chest. Just slap up that near the heart, neck. dude. Just slap yeah. that heart. Just wreck yeah. that thing, dude. He, yeah, exactly. He would just absolutely just fuck his opponents up. <laughs> yeah. Not fuck them, but he would. He would fuck not. Them up. Yeah, he would not rape them. Yeah, no, he didn't do any of that. But there, you know, there's plenty of uh, uh, more stories here. Uh, literally, uh, that Wahoo McDaniel character that we just were talking about. He faced this guy many times, and. 
Uh, I mean, we're talking about a, a title exchange with uh, McDaniel. Um, he did lose the, that title. It was in a, in a steel cage match. That was like September 11th of like 76 or something. Um, so huge matches that he had uh, uh, with, uh, I think he even teamed up with Greg Valentine. I don't know if you guys remember Greg Valentine. Um, also kind of a bigger gentleman, uh, a little bit more of a gut, if you will. But he had kind of that same awesome, like platinum white hair but like yeah, that it was bush, like blonde. Yeah, that bush light six pack we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a, a a big dude. Greg Valentine, I remember, did a match against uh, the junkyard dog or something back oh, in the day. That would have been a great fight. Um, yeah, big big shit. Uh, and and so uh, plenty of these matches are are big. But the one that I want to talk about really quick is um, where where uh, in the Mid Atlantic Television Championship. Uh, he he wrestled against Ricky the Steamboat Dragon. Now, Ric Flair and Ricky the Steamboat had uh, countless numbers of amazing matches. I think there was like five or six that were just huge blowouts where, I mean, they would knock down, drag out 40-minute matches, uh, bloody to hell, uh, which Ric Flair was always, you know, kind of that guy. He would literally come out of that thing with his forehead just bleeding um, all over the damn match. But in this particular one against uh, Ricky Steamboat, he ended up losing the title match, um, the championship, and and uh, but they would go on to have uh, some some pretty fucked up shit going on. You yeah, know? I mean, like he was even talking about like a, you know it. Yeah, it is technically like a soap opera for dudes, right? But like they really yeah. do actually hit each other with the chairs, like land on tacks and stuff. Like they're, well, they're, they're built and they know what to do. And yeah, it's crazy. There is absolutely athleticism involved oh, yeah. here. And there is absolutely pain involved. I don't know if you've ever just fallen on the ground, but there is, you know, limited padding generally when that happens. These guys are jumping off of top ropes, which are three and a half to four feet, you know, five feet high. And they're going straight to their back. Oftentimes, and there is a small layer of padding underneath them, but nothing crazy. No, not at all. I mean, I have watched numerous documentaries where they walk you over to the ringside, lift up the apron to show you what these guys are landing on. And I'm telling you, there's absolutely no way in hell that I want any part of that. I don't want to go from five feet standing uh, up on a top rope to just leveling my whole body onto a fucking mat. Oh, yeah, for sure just not going to happen now arguably you know these these you know small time kind of uh wrestling associations he 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 did get his start there right yeah for sure and and he really he really designed everything that that he would be known as you know early on in those in those kind of promotions but it's not until probably the late 80s early 90s this is where like we when see... i was in dude this is exactly like, you know the the early 90s especially being a young boy we're talking about like the wwf here right? is that and what, that's what i was just into? gonna say so like 91 to 93 he he was a member of the world wrestling federation uh which is now known as uh world wrestling entertainment so it's wwe god damn freaking panda and his wildlife god bullshit they change they change it because of that right the world wildlife federation i think they well, right had to. i think both yeah because i think they were before yeah, the exactly. wwf was created right? so yep. they had to change yeah technically 
there was just a, a, a match between those two in, in a court battle. And yeah, you're right. The World Wildlife Federation was before WWF. I wish uh, I so. wish Ric Flair would have just dropped a bow on a panda and settled it. Like they a panda versus Flair. Like, like what that if that been, was a wrestling match? What if they would have said like this is how we're going to determine World Wildlife Federation versus the World Wrestling Federation? He's slapping with bamboo in the back. Ah. I can't believe it. He just suplexed a fucking giraffe. <laughs> How the hell did he do that? He's just taking down wildlife one punch at a time. Uh, <laughs> I think he just made somebody extinct over there. <laughs> yeah. Taking um, down a rhino, the last one, black rhino. But in, in, in these years, 91 to 93, I mean, we see him take on, you know, some of the best wrestlers that we've ever seen. These are the ones we grew up looking yeah. up to. Fuck it. Mr. Perfect, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Hulk Hogan, um, The Undertaker, uh, uh, Ultimate Warrior, Sid Justice, um, I mean, Randy, the man. Oh yeah. Sad. Macho man. Yeah. He was dude. He, him and Ric Flair were the two that I looked up to the most. Yeah. By, by far. And they were any wrestlers. I mean, everyone's like, Oh, Hulk. I liked Hulk. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But they were, he was not larger than life. Like Ric Flair and macho man. When I was a, a tiny child, uh, around maybe 91, 92, 93, huge Hulkamaniac. I was definitely a little Hulkster. Um, but I think that's because in that early nineties, uh, uh, wrestling atmosphere, he was the one that really had the promotion. He was the one that had the advertising scheme, you know, he knew what he, he's doing. He could exactly. sell anything. Yep. And that's, that's the only reason why, I mean, that's when we first started seeing the action figures, all of the branded merchandise that you could go to fucking Toys R Us and buy. This is when all of that's first coming out. And Hulk, Hulk Hogan uh, was the he was the face of the business. And and eventually, I think um, and, and in a lot of documentaries, they talk uh, extensively about, you know, how do you how do you keep him at that status? You know, how do you how do you exchange titles, uh, but do it in a way where the fans are going to enjoy it? And and in reality, this is pretty crazy to, to think like. Everybody loves Hulk, right? So, and he's the title holder. He's the the world championship wrestler. Well, he can't just keep winning because yeah, that's not going to yeah, sell tickets. Exactly. So you got to make him. There's got to be like upsets and stuff, right. you know. And so you know that's when he exchanges titles with like Macho Man or Ultimate Warrior, which happens uh, a couple different times. You know, um, even Andre the Giant. You know, there's there's moments when uh, you know Hulk has to lose. He has to lose the belt. He has to lose the title in order to guess what? A few months down the line, he's going to wrestle somebody and he's going to gain it back. And guess what that's going to do? That viewership is going to just go through the fucking roof because everybody wants to see, is he going to win it? Oh my God, he lost. Well, we got to watch next week. We got to see what he's going to do. So, you know, do you remember when he had to leave the WWF? Cause I think he lost to Razor Ramon and then yeah. like, he had to walk off. I think like in 93, I mean, he does eventually reappear on the scene, but I remember that match and I was so upset. It was like, and I was a kid. I was like six. Well, and remember this is you when, know. um, WWF didn't really have uh, a, a whole lot of competition in terms of a uh, big wrestling market. So, uh, around that early nineties period, Ted Turner decides to purchase and turn, uh, uh, a different promotion into WCW world championship wrestling. And you're right. Yeah. So, 
Um, I was super sad about that because I had the figure and I was like, I was just a kid and I was like, what's going on? He's not coming back. Cause WWF was like the one to watch when we were kids. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was like the wrestling to watch. I didn't really watch, uh, WCW almost at all until, um, I think they they turned on to a promotion called w, WCW Nitro or something like that. And they started to have the, uh, it was their own competition to the Attitude Era. So, like, this would have been late 90s, 96, 97, 98. That was, like, when, when NWO, Stone Cold, NWO was yes, in. Yes, NWO was WCW. And uh, um, then they had, like, the Wolf Pack and all that shit. Uh, yeah, but yeah. then, you know, WWF had, you know, the Stone Cold, the Rock. They had all this, all this other shit going on. And there was a feud between, you know, the two different huge yeah, promotions. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was crazy. One of the times they actually brought, like, a tank to WCW. Uh, Triple H, China, uh, Road Dogg, um, oh, dude, who the hell else? Road Dogg, Jesse James, yeah. X-Pac, dude. That's what I'm J- saying, man. Shawn Michaels when yeah. he was in there for a while. They showed up. The, the Nash when they got the red Kevin and the white, Nash, when they yeah. split the red and the white NWO. Well, that was the NWO, yeah, exactly. That, yep. was, that was insane, man. That was a great time. And I had all those shirts. No, because that was D-Generation X. D-Generation X yeah, was the one yeah. that brought the tank. And how yeah, many times have it. you done suck it at school oh. and got in trouble, dude? Every day. Still. Yeah. <laughs> I just show up at schools and I go, ah, suck it. And then there's like, the, the cops just roll up, dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've been okay. arrested quite a few times. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, probably should stay away from schools um, doing that. But, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, I'm just trying to. Good choice. Good choices, right? <laughs> so, come 1993, Ric Flair is now in the World Championship Wrestling. He instantly becomes their their best wrestler like he is now the uh hulk hogan of wcw oh like, yeah he they, brings they instantly promote him to the best dude in the whole fucking league uh which is amazing he uh, uh has a million brawls with like ravishing rick rude uh of course ricky steamboat at that time was uh with uh, wcw so uh he has wrestling matches with him again um and and you know these are these are some of the best like uh, um, just probably the best years of my life. Dude. Yeah, and visually, these wrestling matches are more than what they're doing now. I think, in my oh, opinion, yeah, these yeah. things are are completely. I definitely, I still watch the old ones. I don't know about yeah. you, but I don't really watch like the modern wrestling. I go back and watch oldies, man. Like That's the ones I, I remember. Yep. Yeah, there's numerous nights a week. You know, if I'm just like chilling, I'll actually go and throw on like uh, I'll go throw on an old Royal Rumble and just watch them all beat the shit out of each other. Um, just, you know, it just, it's a lot of fun in my opinion. And, and you can find almost all that shit on YouTube. Now, yeah. So. A lot of them are, yeah, you can just um, get them, which is awesome. But that's what we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, the, the Ric Flair that, that Russ and I both kind of grew up loving and, uh, had some amazing matches. I remember watching one, uh, in particular against Hollywood Hulk Hogan or, or, um, he might not have been against Hollywood Hogan. He might've been with. Um, NWO at that time or something, but just some of the fucking coolest shit, man. Um, oh, I mean, this guy was a an all time hype man that could get it going and then you know wrestle the shit out of somebody and, and and do it in a in a way that like he would probably lose, but he fought the hell out of him. So when when like the late nineties, were you watching more WCW at that point? I mean, early early nineties was WWF. Probably in like middle school, high school was WCW. I was me. always, I was more WWF. You were always, yeah. you always stuck with it. Yep. As I just, as... I was super bummed that they lost Flair. Like yeah. he was one of my favorites. Um, 
and Macho Man ends up going to WCW for a while too, correct? So if does I Hulk. Remember. Yeah, so I, they were that was yeah. Hollywood Hogan at that time. Yep. they changed his name. Yeah, and he and he uh, he dyed his his um, like mustache black or something like that. Oh yeah, remember? he was looking mean, dude. Yeah, he was looking mean. But yeah, no, I mean it's it just. The, the the whole wrestling career, like I remember so many memories of going like to a lot of our friends' house. We'd have wrestling parties. Yeah, and I remember one time um, a kid that you know he was a good friend of ours, but I remember we gave him a freaking um, uh, like a leg lock while he was sleeping, and he was so pissed off, dude. He never came back, and he like he cried. He quit school. He didn't quit school, but like he, <laughs> he never he, came back. To he school. called us like bent butter knives and stuff. Like you guys aren't the sharpest tool in the shed. Oh. Like we totally gave him a leg lock while he's sleeping, though, which is kind of BS. But we were yeah. kids, man. I mean, don't fall asleep first at any party. That's true. You're gonna get markers on your head. I was just gonna say you're either you're gonna, gonna, gonna get, get drawn dicks, on, or you're gonna get wrestling moves. They're gonna cut your shirt off or something, or yeah, you're gonna get fucking leg locked. Figure it's gonna four. happen, dude. Figure four leg lock. Here comes. <laughs> yeah, for Fuck. sure. That's like back then you just didn't want to go to sleep first if you're having like a whole bunch of guys over having a small little wrestling party. Like but this was, uh, uh, so there was a feud with uh, New World Order. So yeah, he wasn't a part of NWO. He was a feud with them. Um, and Flair and Anderson uh, teamed up with uh, some of their bitter rivals, actually. Sting and Lex Luger. Those are some amazing dudes that you, uh, that you know, if, if you don't remember them, go back and watch some of these wrestling matches with Sting and Lex. Uh, some amazing stuff, and then, um, they they ended up losing this uh, this team of Flair, Anderson, Sting, Lex Luger. They actually lose to the NWO, which is Hogan, Nash, Scott Hall. There was an imposter Sting, um, and that was in the War Games match at Fall Brawl uh, when Luger actually submitted to the uh, imposter Sting's Scorpion oh, Death Lock. Shit. Was that when there was like the red and the white one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But there's only one real sting, you know. That's what we got to yeah. bring out of all this. I mean, when you have face paint or trench coat, you can pretty much make anyone look like that. You know? And remember when Sting didn't have, like, the long hair and the trench coat deal? Yeah, I remember that. He had blonde, and it was like a like a flat top haircut. He was like the Scandinavian Sting, dude. Yeah. He's like, Stang. That's what they called him, Stang. Yeah, I'll, I'll look it up for you while we're sitting here, too, because I'm, I'm telling you, man, um, 90s Sting is... is uh, a, a totally different animal than the than the white and black sting that we remember from like uh, the, the early two thousands. Oh um, wow, man! He actually had like a buzz. He's yeah. like a completely different guy, man. Totally different dude. Flat top haircut. This is WWF guy here. Oh, um, I actually did not remember you've got that. The red had, face paint here. That's wild. I had no idea. Yeah, here he is with Ric Flair right here. These yeah, are the got, Andersons right here. He's got that blonde hair, dude. He has like the white locks too, the white gold in his hair right now. Yeah. But, yeah so I if mean, you get a chance while you're while you're listening to this episode, obviously do it safely. But uh, you can uh, look up the 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 Sting wrestler, and you can kind of see what what Russ and I are talking about. You've got the early '90s uh, Sting, literally rocking more color than anything. Uh, and he actually a, had that flare type suits too, man. Yeah. I didn't realize that he had like the little cowboy dangles on the arms and stuff yeah he was he was pretty hot dude he was you rocking it man i forget what they call those but yeah i don't know what they are i just call yeah. them cowboy arm flares but of course he had like <laughs> no, a dude. he had like a scorpion thing on his pant leg uh that was always there uh he had some pretty brutal matches with like ultimate warrior back back in the day too but these this was the era that you know i really fell in love with the idea you know, of of watching grown men, you know, in a, this, in a wrestling like, match. And a, like, the, like, all the awesome memories I have, I got my first HJ 
around that time that's, when this when this was going on. Like we're talking the NWO era. I got my first HJ, dude. I was like, I don't geez. remember how like fifteen or sixteen or something. But that's hot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I remember that in association <laughs> with wrestling, but I got wrestled down too. Yeah, know? yeah. That one time that Goldberg came over and gave you a nice hand job. Oh, dude, I'll take a a GB, <laughs> dude, a GBHJ, a Goldberg job, <laughs> yeah. a GJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah but, no man i i'm so glad we got to cover in uh it's really cool because rice lake is actually a pretty awesome area i, I don't know yeah you know what else is really cool about rice lake is uh that's where henry firearms are produced cool Did you know that no i don't even know what the fuck henry firearms are oh, okay well they make a 4570 uh repeater and it's probably one of the arms i've always wanted to own i mean i'm not a gun nut or anything i literally just get them for hunting i only take them out once a year is the only time i ever use yeah. my guns but I don't know. I just thought it was really cool that they were in Rice Lake, Henry Henry Firearms. Well, that'll be something we cover too. Then yeah, we'll have to. I didn't even point. know about it. I yeah, honestly... it's it's really cool. It's um yeah, the forty five seventy. It's the only one of the guns rated for uh, T Rex hunting. Kind of oh. like they kind of copied like the Marlin had one, but they it's like it's probably one of the most powerful. I, I don't think you repeaters. can hunt a T Rex. No, you can't. But it's rated um, for a T Rex because they don't. They're not around anymore. Are you sure? No, I'm totally joking. I mean, how do they know it's rated for a T-Rex? I don't know. We'll have to try. Like, we'll have to they attempt didn't it. exist. We'll have to take it to the museum. With guns. And yeah. shoot and see how much damage I'm pretty it sure anything will, kill a, <laughs> anything will kill an already dead T-Rex. I, I don't know. We'll see. Like, I could David and Goliath that bastard with, like, a fucking slingshot. Oh, you'd sling him, dude? Yeah. Oh, slinging around. It's an already dead T-Rex. You might be the Ric Flair of Wisconsin. I don't know. You take down a T-Rex with a sling. I mean, you know I used to fucking throw bows. Let's see what you got, sling blade. I mean... <laughs> Your Janesville house yeah, was yeah. fucking oh, yeah. house of the rising bow. We were like, like even then we were doing wrestling moves on pumpkins with our elbows. Yeah. Those things were rock solid. Those weren't even pumpkins. Those were like gourds that were No, those thick. were like boulders. They had like three inch wall <laughs> thickness on them and you bowed through it. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. Actually. Had a bruised elbow for like all of 2017. I, I was just thinking like when, when in your life do you actually grow up? Because I still have it. I think I have. Uh, you think so? Yeah, there's a pretty good portion of me that's absolutely not like the way I used to be. You know, yeah, I think a lot of things, but like, there's just so much in my life. That, I mean, I'm still like, gonna never laugh grown at fart up. and poop and boners and but whatever just stuff but... like that, or like shooting Roman candles at like a bucket full of gasoline. See, I don't like, do I just, that I like, I just do stuff like that. I don't yeah, know that's... why it is ingrained in me, man. But like, that just presents wild. that presents too much danger for me that uh, I believe could I get a, me into trouble. I have like a super professional job too, and like I dress yeah. up really nice, but I still have that like deep down kid in me, man, that just wants to take a Trans Am and just tear up some yardage. You know what I'm sure, talking about? Sure, sure. And I don't think that I don't want to anymore. It's just that I, I definitely won't. It's like I haven't changed, man. I still yeah. in that WCW late nineties era, dude. As long as you're not pooping <laughs> on people's porch anymore. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> I stopped probably, doing that, dude. Like yeah. I got I got UC, so I stopped pooping. Yeah. Like, yeah. As much as I can, to be yeah. honest. I only There's a lot of blood involved. <laughs> yeah. You don't want that on your porch. <laughs> no, you think someone no. got murdered and then shit on that murder. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah. That's a hell of a crime scene. This what's happening here? Why is there so much blood and feces? Get the forensics team out there. <laughs> yeah, with their black lights. They're gonna be like, God damn, the same guy who's bleeding all over the place is also shitting everywhere. God <laughs> yeah, yeah. How are we gonna catch this guy? But no, man, yeah. that was awesome. And like, I I just found it cool that like Ric Flair has ties to our home state because he's yeah. been a hero of mine since day one. Well, and also, I mean, there's there's some stuff that we didn't necessarily mention, but Ric Flair was involved in a pretty big uh, uh, airplane crash. I do remember that uh, at the earliest part of his career, like back when you know he was uh, uh, wrestling in the seventies, um, and, and you know he 
he survived, but like I think they they gave him a pretty small chance of of like walking again. I mean, uh, certainly never thought that he would wrestle again. And we're talking, you know, a guy now who's had like a thirty year, forty year uh, career in wrestling, uh, and you know he's had multiple retirements. I think the last time he retired from uh, professional wrestling was like 2017 or something, but still the crazy part is he came back in his old age for like one match. Did you see that? With Shawn Michaels. Yeah. I could Shawn not Michaels believe had to sweet that. Chin music him. And they were, they were worried cause he's like down for a long time. Like, and they had to like wake him up. Well, like, and there's, there's <laughs> also like a, a like, that's crazy. There's a really age. good shot of Shawn Michaels right before he gives uh, uh Ric Flair, the sweet chin music. Um, uh, uh, Shawn Michaels actually like is crying and he said, and he mouths, uh, I'm sorry. And uh, like, I know this is going to put you down and this is the way it ends, but I just want you to know that I'm doing this with the most respect I possibly can. And I'm about to fucking chop you in the chin with my foot. A send off to a yeah. hero, man. It is. And, and, and honestly, I, I don't think Ric Flair would have it any other way. Uh, I, I believe that he was, uh, he was absolutely open to that idea. You know, most of it is scripted. So, uh, I think that that was a big acceptance for him. And, and again, uh, Shawn Michaels, one of those guys that's just been in the business for, you know, forever. You know, he's now, he's like cross-eyed uh, because yeah, of... Yeah, from all the beatings and stuff. Well, from Kane, actually. Uh, uh, um, Kane wrecked his under, under Undertaker's brother, Kane, uh, did some move to him, and, uh, and now he's like permanently cross-eyed. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn, dude. Yeah. But, but yeah, uh, glad we could uh, cover this. I know that it has very loose ties to this yeah, whole thing. Yeah, I mean, it was like, cool that he get, he actually started his career. The Ric Flair name is Rice Lake, man. Like, who knew that? You yeah, know what I mean? His exactly. first, one of his first true professional matches, the Ric Flair name. Yeah. That nature boy. So incredibly cool. Can we send one more woo before we quit this? Yeah, but we, we should back off the microphone okay, when we do it. Okay, let's do it. One more. All right. Here All we right. go to our hero. The one. nature boy, Ric Flair. Woo! All right, now on to our Wisconsin music segment. We've got a band called Spooner. Yeah, I mean, we were kind of looking for like something to play in this episode, something that was wheeling, dealing, you know, high-flying, if you will. Yeah. It, it, it kind of took us a while, but we're like, you know what? We should play some of the classics. Yeah, and I think uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty positive anyway that, you know, Butch Vig, he's a, he's a big uh, sports fan, uh, diehard Packer fan, but he's also, I believe, a little bit of a wrestling fan, too. And no doubt he's a fan of... Rick Flair. I mean, yeah. Rick Flair was. Uh, um, I know. I know. Butch Vig was uh, from Viroqua, which is kind of north. You know, yeah, north kind of, of Madison. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, but, like northeast of it, kind of like something Viroqua like that. area. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but kind of in that same idea that you know you're 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 close to Minnesota over there and. I just imagine there was there was fandom of of Ric Flair going on here, and, oh, and who yeah. doesn't like Ric Flair? I mean, uh, there's people that that hey, I, I'm not a you know Ric Flair fan because he you know beat up my friend or you know or or the guy that I like you know Hulk Hogan or something, but you know you still, you, you still have to respect him. Yeah, he's still sure. one of the best, right? So with that being said, we've got Spooner, absolute classic. Uh, uh, Madison area rock uh, from Butch Vig. And then we've got in the episode, Rick Flair, the nature fucking boy, uh, all time, you know, great wrestler. And we chose the song, the rainy days. 
And I think you're going to understand why we chose it here. But picture this let's, while you're listening hear, to this. Let's damn hear thing. this hot setting. You're in a cabin in the woods. Viroqua. Yeah. And, well, yeah. Viroqua. Viroqua. Yeah. And you're in a cabin in the woods of Viroqua. And there's a nice fireplace. And a nice roaring fire is going. And there's a nice bearskin rug on the floor. And Ric Flair is over there eating fucking chocolate-covered strawberries. And he's just, <laughs> he's wagging his finger telling you, come over here. The dude, nature I, I'm boy raging wants, over yeah, here, dude. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that's what you have to kind of envision uh, right, when you're yeah. listening to this song. But uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump in. This is Spooner, The Rainy Days.
was that amazing? Yep, that was rainy days. Spooner. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, sorry, I had your mic muted uh, for oh, that. Oh, so you right probably you little, got a little in. bit of a cutoff there, yeah. but uh, you know what we're talking about here. So oh, yeah. No yeah. worries there. Buddy. Rainy Days uh, by Spooner. Such a cool song. Such a cool uh, uh, piece of history that uh, goes back to uh, Madison, Smart Studios. Uh, I thought it was perfect for... Uh, you know, we're talking about '90s wrestling. We're talking about a '90s band here, so it's kind of all just it just yeah, works. I mean, like know? Smart Studios too. Like we had on a previous episode, the Guffs recorded there. One of my yeah. favorite '90s bands from Milwaukee. Or One Milwaukee. of my favorite, the Nirvana. You know, Nirvana. Oh recorded yeah, that there. too. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Smashing Pumpkins. They yeah, recorded yeah. there. Um, but yeah, some amazing stuff. Uh, uh, really, just kind of cool to. Uh, think about all this from Wisconsin, you know, uh, and and you know you can you can now claim Ric Flair was uh, a product of basically Wisconsin. Heck I mean, yeah, he learned how to play football here, which means he learned how to be a tough motherfucker. Um, he learned how to wrestle right there in Rice Lake, Beaver Dam. Uh, so those are those are he's a product. He's a product of this great land. You, know? you better believe it, buddy. All right, let's go ahead and jump into a Wisconsin beverage review. Yeah, and we've been trying to spotlight some of the newer breweries popping up in the area, and uh, we got one coming to you today from a uh, West Alica, if you will, West, West Alica. Stale. It's the actually dirty style. I've never heard of it. It's kind of just opened recently, I believe, in 2023. Here, um, the Ope Brewing Company. Oh yeah, Ope. Yeah, yeah I, 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 we follow them on uh, Instagram. Yeah, which is incredible. Um, so we're drinking uh, a, a beer from uh, Oat Brewing Company. Oh, oh, let me scooch right Oop. past you. Oh, but uh, Jerry. But yeah, in in uh, Oktoberfest, like this is still October, right? So we got to feature yeah. some of those Oktoberfest, those Mars and beers, and we went with Oktoberfest. Whoop. Oktoberfest sounds like a good one to me, huh? Yeah, but yeah. no, it definitely has the uh, Mars and style Oktoberfest beer that we're loving this time of year. Um, one of my favorites, obviously. I love the fall. I know, I, I, it's probably my favorite time of the year. A little chilly today, you know. Little, yeah, a little cold, but yeah, I would say actually the last couple days were uh, were a little on the the, the bitter cold side uh, for for the time of year it is anyway. Yeah, yeah, it, but it was kind of nice Came break. Out of nowhere. It's kind of nice break from that 85 we had. I was just going to say earlier in the week, I mean, it was blistering hot still. Yeah. I and mean, like today now I could cut glass with my nips. Yeah, if you know absolutely. what I'm talking about. And now my my joints are achy. I mean, <sighs> it's starting, smokes. you know. But no, this one's just kind of one of those ones uh, you know, when the weather's changing, getting a little cool, leaves are changing colors. The Marzen's always kind of your go-to Oktoberfest beer. Um, this one's coming in at 5.5% ABV, has that uh, amber color that you're used to with your uh, Mars and beers, your German styles, if you will. Um, but no, this is really cool. The place is really awesome. I don't know if you've been in there yet. I just grabbed some I beer to take. Yeah. It's, it's actually a pretty cool place. It's in a cool location. Obviously, West Dallas is kind of nice, kind of like that working class portion of Milwaukee suburbs. You've got two They're, sides of it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, because we we used to live right over there too. Uh, we were actually in in like Tosa, but like there's a few other great breweries in West Dallas too. Uh, Westallian we've we've talked yeah, about oh, on, yeah, on the podcast sure. before. So yeah, it's definitely it's like perfect. Put I always think the more the merrier in, in terms of breweries. Uh, I love to have uh, the the choices, you know, options. So um, super super glad that they're around. First yeah, of all, yeah. and also a name like Ope. I mean, what's I mean, more, what's more Wisconsin than Wisconsin. that? Wisconsin. I think fair, they have like know? a beer called like Scooch Right Past You or something too. Yeah, like in the most Wisconsin fashion, Scooching. I'm a Scoot Right Past You IPA. 
Yeah, know, I think it is. Like I think that, it is. Right? I think that's actually a hazy IPA if I remember sure. right on the list. I'm, I'm guarantee you it's like 6.8%. Yeah. I went with something a little less and uh, something more for the season. Yeah. And I think it kind of fit for today's weather. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And it uh, it is the perfect beer to kind of complement uh, uh, what's going on weather-wise right this moment. You know, my, my street is full of leaves. Uh, it's a beautiful scene. I absolutely love... Uh, this time of year, like you said, you're definitely a fall autumn guy. Me too. Uh, I, I love being able to throw on a sweatshirt. Um, th- that's something you, you know, I can't do, uh, in, in the summer. I've seen some people do it and I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, that's just a, that's a stupid idea. You know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't want to be baking your fucking body inside that right now. <laughs> yeah. but this is perfect. This is flannels I, and sweatshirts and jeans. That, and, uh, that, those basic bitches are out. I saw one today with the Yug boots and the, the khaki colored like, right, capris. Right. And, uh, and that, no offense. You no, know, to, no, to no. And, and that, and that black, uh, knitted shawl and that big hat that they always wear, that witch's hat kind of thing. It's like straw witch's hat. I don't, were you at Spirit Halloween? No, I wasn't, but, uh, <laughs> It's just kind of no the the, the gear the gear the gear was out. I guess that what the fall fuck gear. Do you mean by witch's it's, hat? It's not a witch's hat. It's like one of those straw hats that are wide brim. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, like it's almost a like witch's hat. It's got it's a goddamn friend. sombrero to be honest. <laughs> it's like it's like a knitted sombrero, dude. It's like hey, <laughs> <laughs> you know you've never seen you've never seen that get up. You got the blonde hair. You got that sombrero. The like fall sombrero. No, let me tell you what I've seen. Okay, let's hear yours oversized sweater or sweatshirt yeah for sure black leggings oh yeah that's boots up to the fucking knees damn near okay and then like i'm getting the, the headband thing the headband thing it's com- yeah. the, no i haven't seen the headband dude yeah where it just covers their ears uh and like and then they put it around like the. You oh know, okay yeah yeah they yeah. got their hair up you know okay kind of yeah yeah um haven't seen that one yet but i yeah I, i'm with you though i i'm or i'm not with you in the same way that you've never seen that, I've never seen somebody wearing a fucking witch's hat. That's pumpkin spices out too, dude. <laughs> you got that Starbucks pumpkin spice, and dude, you know what I'm talking about. I Those do. seven dollars pumpkin spice drinks you get at Starbucks. I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm I'm that guy. You, so. oh, dude, you're the basic bitch, dude. Yeah, the well, podcast. I don't wear leggings or anything, <laughs> I know. but I know. Um, but do I enjoy Starbucks and the and the delicious creations they make? Fuck yeah. I, you know what? I would go to Starbucks. I just I can't afford it, dude. I mean, you know. I drink that cheap black, that like full oh, that Folgers here, here at dude. the house. I absolutely that just cheap I have ass a, Folgers. I have the Keurig with, uh, oh shit, the the donut, whatever they call oh, it. Oh, that actually uh, sounds kind of good, like a donut coffee. It, well, it's it's whatever the one that they you know donut shop or whatever they call it. So it's like your classic medium kind of roast brew, nothing crazy, and that's what I drink like nine times out of ten. But if we're like out and about, and I happen you, to you'll see a Starbucks it. or something. I might swing through because, to be fair, like, I, I don't think it's, like, outrageously expensive if you're just there for, like, one drink and you don't get, like, you know, the most fancy beverage or something. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but also, you know, you do it sparingly. You know, you don't do for it sure. every day. Like, the people that go and do it every day, I'm not sure how they afford everything else that they have. I mean, e- I just Either say- that or they're... They- the the people that go to Starbucks every day probably don't have car insurance is what I'm thinking. Okay, yeah, it's probably true. Yeah, because like honestly, in uh, in Toronto, I had a Tim Hortons. Well, I love Tim. Yeah, my I wife and Hortons, I were just dude. talking about Tim Hortons last night. I love Hortons, yeah. and uh, obviously, I don't know if anyone knows this, but did you know a Tim Horton actually played for the Maple Leafs, my favorite team? That's yeah. he started the whole chain. Yeah. in Toronto. So yeah. I got to go to one of the first ones. Tim Hortons Tim Bits. Yeah. Got to get some Timbits. You have to. They're delicious. They're fucking But I great. miss Hortons. I wish we had it in America. We do. There's one in Michigan. Really? 
Mm-hmm. Oh dang! I know there's one kind of on the right by the Detroit. border. There's one kind of by the border by Sault Ste. Marie, I think too. But there's uh, you're basically in Canada at that point. Well, and same with like Detroit. Obviously, you look yeah, over yeah. and you see Windsor or whatever sitting across the border there. But um, there is one. It's a uh, it's it's on a college campus in Detroit. Um, ah, God, I can't remember the school. Um, it's I don't think it's like a. It's not a private school. I, I didn't even know they had them. Like, it looks like they got a few around Detroit, too, which I actually did not realize. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I said, I mean, you definitely get uh, uh, some Tim Hortons still in, in the Michigan area if you're if you're looking, you know. Uh, I, I love Hortons coffee. I get it black and then, you know, get a donut. That's usually my go-to. I won't say I won't say that I enjoyed the coffee all that much. I, no, nothing it, really fantastic. It's, but, it's kind of just your standard um, blended looks, coffee. Looks like you, you can know? go to the Little Caesars Arena where... Uh, where um, the uh, Pistons play, and uh, you can get a, a Tim Hortons inside of there. And do you, uh, do you do you watch hockey at all? Not really. No, um, I, they they actually just it's a preseason game, but they did just beat the Red Wings, so I was pretty happy about that. Yeah, Goal I can't beliefs. I can't say that I really watch a whole lot of hockey now. Um, when it's on, I think my. My subscription to Fox Sports, it's not even Fox Sports anymore. What's it called? Bally's. Uh, Bally's, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the one that I pay for, it allows you to watch Minnesota Wild games as well as the the uh, Bucks and the Brewers. That's so I do, cool. yeah. I, every once in a while, I do tune into a Minnesota Wild game. I can't say I'm a fan of it. I think we've talked on here before, but I'm more of a fan of uh, the, the um, Nashville Predators because they, they, they have the team based off of their AHL uh, team here in Milwaukee, the Admirals. So the only reason I get all the games is because I have a VPN. So I usually I usually change it to Toronto. So my whole yeah. house is basically on the Toronto channel, so I can watch the hockey games, which um, is a very smart decision. There, I mean, yeah. I, I love hockey, so I, I've been following. It's still preseason yet. They did they beat the Red Wings, so I was pretty happy about that. They're looking good this year too. So I'm I got. Some, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I'm most excited about coming up here. The goddamn buck season's about to start. I oh, got, yeah. I, I know they got... Now, I'm not a season ticket holder anymore. I think we've probably talked about that on here before. Uh, season ticket holder for the last maybe four or five years uh, in some capacity. Um, got got a chance to see them win a championship. Was there for you know all three home games. Absolutely loved every minute of it. Um, but the, the one thing I wanted to say was... Uh, you know, we just went out there and got Damian Lillard uh, in addition to, you know, to add to the team. Um, I'm absolutely excited about that. One of the, you know, all time yeah, yeah. greats uh, playing right now uh, at a, a huge level. Just so this this definitely sparks the season for me. Uh, oh, yeah. And the Packers are hit or miss right now. We don't know what's going to happen. And I still love sticking watching out, them. I, Yeah, I love the Pack. I don't care what anyone says, man. Yeah. And I, it's not like they lost terribly. It's just, you know. But I also think if you went into this season uh, expecting championship uh, team, you're lying to yourself. Yeah, for sure. You know, this is Jordan Love's first action in reality, uh, aside from a couple of games uh, the last couple seasons you can't really expect much from a guy that you haven't seen anything from. Oh yeah. So for sure. I think you and I came into the season thinking, Hey, it'd be cool if we ended up winning the division or at least competing and, and, and maybe winning like, you know, anywhere between like six and eight games. I, I'm not convinced that that's going to happen. I mean, we're not playing super well now. I think if they make some sort of 
in-season acquisition to, to pick up somebody. Uh, there's, there's people out there saying, uh, go pick out, you know, or go get Marquise Brown from, uh, Arizona, go pick up Jonathan Taylor from the Colts. You know, if they don't want him, we want him, you know, but I don't know that that's going to help you. Cause you know, especially with the way that Jordan love throws the ball. So goddamn wild, he's off target most of the time. So even if you did get a real, you know, huge wide receiver, he's probably going to overthrow the fucking guy anyway. So could you could you imagine being in that spot though after taking like Brett Favre, then handing it off yeah. to Rodgers? Like that's a tough spot to be in, man. Yeah, like, I mean that's we're, a lot of pressure. I think we're the only team in the NFL that's ever had this kind of success, uh, quarterback wise, for the amount of time that we did. You know, Brett Favre basically played here twenty seasons. Aaron Rodgers basically played here twenty seasons. We have had like forty years worth, you know, of just great quarterbacking over the course of that those two guys' careers. Um nearly 40 years. I'm not saying it's been 40 years, but what I'm saying is um, no other team in the NFL has ever had that kind of success no. in that span of time uh, at the quarterback position. Um, so it's, it's definitely a task. You, you as Jordan love would uh, probably have a hard time living up to those expectations either way. Even if he went out there and didn't suck on a weekly basis, if he was doing you know, uh, not throwing interceptions, but maybe throwing a touchdown or two or whatever, just keeping the ball, managing the clock, doing that kind of thing. Even then, you would still take a fucking, like, a beating on a weekly basis because you're not throwing 400 yards a game. You're not throwing for four touchdowns. Um, He's just not that guy. But we went way off topic here. Make sure to check out Oat Brewing Company in West Dallas. Well, that's true, too. Yeah. yeah Oat like, Brewing oh, Company. Oh, man, we went basic bitches to hockey to football. Our usual we, going way off the rails here. but uh, We really fucked up. We did. But grab <laughs> well, an let's opt- erase it. Grab, no, an, gr- grab an Oat Oktoberfest and uh, check out Oat Brewing Company in uh, West Dallas if you get a chance. Really cool place. Kind of just stopped in and got a beer because it was kind of like we got to get the pod going. Yeah, I got to so, roll. Yeah, I got to roll. But it looked like a really cool place, and I hope you guys go and enjoy it. Grab a seat, gather round, join us for a chat. How many locos you have? All right, folks, you know what time it is. How many locos you at? And uh, what do we got today, Eric? Something crazy, I'm guessing? Yeah, yeah, this one uh, involves a firearm, uh, which they don't. <laughs> Pretty good. They don't always, but uh, when they do, you know it's going to be... A wild story. What a and, headline. Uh, yeah, the headline here, Montello man charged with drunkenly firing gun hitting busy convenience store. Oh, um, man. So we've got a, 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 real, a real story here. Uh, Montello, Wisconsin. A Montello man faces nearly a dozen charges after uh, officials say he drunkenly fired multiple gunshots, one of which hit a building. Uh, in a busy part of the city over the weekend. Wow, that's pretty fantastic. Firing rounds and drinking usually isn't a, isn't like one of the best decisions you make in your lifetime. Yeah, definitely not something you want to do. Um, so the individual, he's uh, forty years old, is charged with seven felony counts, uh, first degree recklessly endangering safety involving the use of a dangerous weapon, uh, as well as uh, three misdemeanor counts. Uh, a criminal complaint alleges multiple people reported hearing gunshots in the area of the Hilltop Motel on Church Street uh, just before 2.45 p.m. on uh, Saturday. Okay, so we got another piece of evidence, the motel here. Are we talking an hourly rate motel? Because this will give us some more insight. I mean... Is this, like, is this a legit motel? 
I don't, I don't think there's a whole lot of legit stuff in Montello, to be honest with you. Uh, I believe it's, <laughs> it's, it's oh, a small man. town. I'm just yeah, saying it's yeah. a small no, town. No, I get like, it. Okay, okay. It's not like you're going to have a fucking Motel 6. Or not Motel 6, because that's Motel 6 sucks too. Um, you're not going to have a Hilton. You're not going to have a you know Garden okay. Inn and Suites. Yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. So all of these are kind of just motels. You know, uh, Probably don't want to... Uh, Spend a so whole lot of time. Is there. a hotel in a motel? Is a motel have hourly rates, and the hotel does not like? Not all. I don't know. Okay. Not all of them just have hourly rates. I'm just because being. It's like, I'm just being like generalizing here, and this is probably not true at all. Exactly okay. right. So right, motels, motels can also just be rented. You know, like a hotel too. Okay. Okay. Um, if it's a real skeezy joint, of course, there's going to be some you know hourly kind of shit going on and um, <laughs> yeah. oh, drugs yeah. and sex is kind of where you're going there. Um, but when deputies from the Marquette County Sheriff's Office arrived, uh, they found the individual, uh, the motel's owner, and his mother outside the building. According to the complaint, the two initially began to walk into the motel, but then approached the deputies after repeated commands to do so. So they're like, hey, come here. Come here. Come on. Get get over here. Put <laughs> over your hands your up. Pal. Uh, the individual reportedly admitted to firing a gun in the air, and while speaking with deputies, he was slurring his speech and needed to lean against a squad car for his balance. Oof. Not good. Uh, the complaint alleges the 40-year-old man also admitted to drinking prior to the incident, which is never good. That's a felonious uh, kind of uh, assault here. We've got uh, drunkenly firing uh, a deadly weapon. Not good. Uh, deputies searched the area and found a very noticeable bullet impact in a glass door of a mobile Jesus. gas station across the street. Um, and uh, the bullet appeared to have hit the glass and door frame before ricocheting and ending up in the parking lot somewhere. So this guy is like a straight up rascal just firing off in a small town. like A real rascally bastard this guy is. Wow. Okay. Yeah. In total, deputies found more than half a dozen shell casings on the scene. Dang. Um, he was really ripping rounds. Yeah, I mean, he definitely Half a dozen, six fired shots. off at least six. <sighs> a witness who lives at the motel told a fish. Well, there you go. And a fish or, or a, a witness who lives at the motel lives. They okay. didn't say who's staying at the. They live there. Okay, so they so have they have monthly. Rentals. If you needed to ask, uh, or if you wanted to find out more about this motel, it's definitely one of those motels. Okay. Um. So the witness that lives at the motel told officials it was his gun that the uh, man had fired, um, saying that the man took it from his room while he wasn't paying attention. Okay. So that guy's going to get uh, he's, he's, he's going to get charged too. He's saying that because he doesn't want to get in trouble, though. But, but I don't think either he'll way, get in trouble. He will. One hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have to be. You have to. As a gun owner, you have to uh, conce- not conceal, but you have to have gun safety. Okay. And his gun is just laying out there for anybody to take. So he's definitely getting, he's okay. going to jail. Okay. Um, in court on Tuesday, the judge uh, uh, set the man's bond at $150,000 cash uh, and implemented a number of conditions, including prohibiting him from possessing any dangerous weapons and requiring him to maintain absolute sobriety. Um, not, not a bad idea for this individual. You know? No. Yeah, like that was a pretty good decision. So we don't have a ton more information here. So the, we do uh, have age. Yep. We have leaning on cop car, which which kind of threw like, oh, this guy's drunk, you know. So, I mean, making some making some uh, rough decisions here. Yeah. You know what? Though we don't have a lot. Though I mean, firing a, a firearm with, um, you know, some liquor in the system usually involves quite a few drinky poos. Well, and so, you you got you you gotta you gotta be in a mindset. Your judgment's down. Exactly. So like, you have to have a few drinks in you. Yeah. But we do have age. We have leaning on a cop car. 
Um, we have firing six rounds, one hitting a mobile. Luckily, nobody was hurt in this one, to be honest. Like, that's just in- insanity. I was just going to say, you fire six shots and absolutely nobody gets injured is, uh, that's, I mean. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's I mean, not wild. good, but it is good. It is good. It <laughs> yeah. is It is definitely good. Yeah, yeah. Not good that he fired a gun. So, I mean, did you start, did but... you have a number in mind? I mean, I was kind of, I, I don't even know I'll where to I'll be completely go. honest. I don't. I, um, I was going to kind of take a stab in the dark here. Um. I was thinking 20 locos. Like, I think he's over the limit of, like, having the reasoning skill. Well, and, and like I said, he, he had no balance. He smelled. He reeked of alcohol. And then he has no inhibition to go ahead and fire a gun. I think he times. was over that 16, like the blackouts. Yeah. Like, I think you, your judgment's completely I'd go gone. 20. You'd go 20 on yeah. that? I think it's a yeah. good number. I mean, this guy's just wild, dude. In a small it, town like Montello, like, this guy's just wild now, dude. Right. At a at a hotel or a motel that people live at, too. I mean, I've, I mean, I've definitely wilded out, but I was like, I get my own house, you know? Yeah. Like, with that many locos in my system. Right, right. Yeah, this, this guy's definitely at that 20 level. I agree with you 100%. After kind of talking it through... It makes sense. I, I mean, that's the only number I can come up with on this one, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Eric, can you law and order this guy? Yeah. Uh, this is kind of a wild one, but uh, hit it. All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, watch out for deer on your way home.